James Harden says he's going to make things really uncomfortable. Let's see how uncomfortable they'll get in Philly. Plus, who looks worse in that situation? All that in the in-season tournament. It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown NBA Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Rotating hosts all week on Wednesdays, it's us, it's me, I'm back, John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. Find me on Twitter or whatever it's called now, John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans Podcast. I'm on Twitter, that's easier, at Nola Jake. I'm, I'm actually very excited for today's show because I think we're going to have some jokes and we are going to get, man, when things just get uncomfortable and it's not involving you or I, you know how great that is to watch <laughs> from afar? So, like, let's get nuts here. Nothing like NBA uncomfortableness. Uh, we're going to spend the first couple of segments talking about this James Harden mess because it just keeps on going. It just keeps on getting better. In-season tournament schedule, Kristaps Porzingis uh, and his plantar fasciitis. That's the third segment. Wait for that there. Let's just kick this off, Jake. James Harden is prepared, uh, according to reports by Ramona Shelburne of ESPN, to make this very uncomfortable. Quote, make life very uncomfortable for the Philadelphia 76ers going into training camp. Jake, the obvious question here is, how will James Harden make things very uncomfortable for the Philadelphia 76ers going into training camp? This could be a TV show, right? Like you pitch ideas to James Harden for like what he can do to make things super uncomfortable, like a awkward, game show, and yeah, yeah, like, like a game show, right? I like that idea. Like he sits in like a chair and like, you've got to go up and you like pitch your idea. There's, I saw on TV, there's like this prank show where you pitch pranks to like Johnny Knoxville and other folks and they yeah, help you like, yeah, carry yeah. him out. Right. Like really similar idea to, to like this here. Right. This. So I love this. I feel bad for 76ers fans. I think they get shafted in all of this and this whole situation for them sucks. But for the rest of us, Oh my goodness. Is this so much fun to me? Like I, I can't wait to see how weird this gets because if there's one person in the league that can actually will actually do this, right? Oh yeah. Damian Lillard's not going to do this. James Harden's going to go there. James Harden is going to go there. And I just have this wonderful like visualization, like mental images of all these immature things that like he could do. Like I can imagine, you know, him going up to like Daryl Morey when Morey's watching practice, if Harden shows up, right. And like putting his hands in front of his face and be like, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. (laughs) Or like something like that. Right. Like just these super childish things. Like, you you know, he's just going to go in there, like rip a fart and then just blame it on Daryl Morey. And everyone's going to be like, what is going on here? No one does this in real life. Like he's going to be making like not jokes and stuff like that. Like, He's not doing this stuff, but that's how I imagine you just make an NBA practice like so uncomfortable and weird. Well, you know he's going to do what I think he's actually going to do. <laughs> well, I mean, he he can show up and be like, he just go out there and like slides and like uh, <laughs> a, a tank top that's like a, a small, you know, when he's like an extra large, like super, super tight stuff that's like up above his bed, like just like just really unkempt type of stuff. And he's just going to go out there and go like 20% speed and not put sneakers on. Just going to go out there in his slides and he'll go talk to the media. 
PR will be like, no, you don't have to talk to me. He's like, no, no, no. I'm going to go talk to the media. Oh, yeah. They're eating like an onion sandwich. Just, <laughs> just, just saying whatever. Um, it, it will be, it will be as childish as, as you can expect. Oh, I love it. I really, like, I really hope be. he does some stuff. Like I hope there's props and things like that involved. What if he does like an old WWE where, uh, I don't know if you watch the old WWE, but like when 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 Goldberg left, or they like when Goldberg was in WCW, they put like the fake Goldberg out there. Like if he just sends in like a James Harden kind oh, of would be look so, alike. like a James Harden impersonator and sends yeah. him to practice. And he's like, no, yeah. I was there. No, what are you talking like, about? This is James Harden right here. Oh, I love it. Like, give me. I, like I'm, we're talking about this and it's like, that's never going to happen. Then it's like, but is it like, it might. It, that's the thing. It's, it's, like, almost, it, it's kind of plausible because yeah. Harden is ready to blow this up. He is ready. And, and you know what though? This is going to be the most counterproductive pissing match between these two, these two guys. It it's just two 50 year olds. I can say this as a 50 year old trying to like like outdo each other in some like tiktok dance and they just like whatever it is it's just so embarrassing to watch the two of these sides go at one another um but it's it's of their own doing and harden to me this just shows a complete and utter lack of self-awareness i now believe that james harden might be the most unaware player of himself in the NBA that used to be Russell Westbrook. Now it's James Harden. I just, he, he doesn't see the landscape. He doesn't see the reasoning for the backing out on the wink, wink, wink deal that they had, which if you really want to make things uncomfortable, you start I mean, talking it. about that, you know, that's right? it, right? Like, that's how you do it. Like we can joke all we want and the jokes are great. And I want to keep going with that. And I want to hear what people say in the YouTube comments. <laughs> that the they comment think James section, Harden might do, right? like, yes. Yeah. Come on. Like, what are you pitching to James Harden to do on this hypothetical game show that we have created? You know, the way he makes this uncomfortable is an ex expanding on why Daryl Morey is a liar, right? That's what kicked this all off. Daryl Morey is a liar. Why That's is he a liar, question. James my Harden? My first question in media day, James, you called Daryl Morey a liar. One thing, why? Right? Why is he a liar? We know what it is. The reporting has come out. You know that he had the wink, wink deal of you take a fifteen million dollar pay cut. Oh, coincidentally, we spent exactly fifteen million to bring in another player or two to make the team more competitive, knowing that you would get all of this other stuff. And then the reporting was they just never made him another offer. They didn't even make him an offer at all this season on an extension or anything like that. That's not great. That's salary cap circumvention. Like yes. it's, I don't know if you yes. call it collusion exactly, but like this is against the CBA and the NBA is mm. going to come down hard if they can prove this, which might be the tough thing to do. But if James Harden you, is admitting to it, that's a big proving. That's, that's, a, that's a big way to prove it. Uh, he's disgruntled employee. Like, I don't know. Like, I think, I think, Morty would be able to appeal it, be like, there's literal no proof here, though you don't need the quite the same burden of proof as like a court of law, and they can kind of do what they need to, all that. That's how you make this uncomfortable. Like that is what you do to make it uncomfortable, and that is the implied threat from James Harden. Yeah. I think and, and look, that, that can get that can get more ugly. Like that gets ugly think, fast. You know, suspended at least banned, uh, like for a significant period of time. I mean, I, I go back to 
uh, was it the Joe Smith deal in, in 1999? That was the Minnesota Timberwolves. They lost five first round picks. Um, now this is David Stern's NBA. So maybe that's not quite as, as rough, but that's the precedent that's been set. And it wasn't until Kevin McHale took a suspension that they got one of those picks back. So we might see a suspension here. We might see, but I don't know what the, what, what the repercussion is for James Harden. Um, because I don't know there, there, I guess there is none for the player. He took whatever he's going to take, but you, you can basically threaten Maury by saying, I'm coming for your job, buddy. I am going to spill the tea. Everyone's going to know. So buckle up, either trade me before media day, or I go into media day saying you're a liar. And here's exactly why. Yeah, so let me ask you this. You said James Harden's kind of going back to your point that we spun this out of of James Harden's the most unaware, most like least self-aware player in the NBA. I could argue this is him being pretty self-aware. Like he doesn't have a ton of leverage here necessarily. Like, right, you know, we had talked about that if he didn't pick up this player option. This was a show earlier in the summer, I think, that like he wouldn't have a market. He would have gotten no money, and you might have been looking at like a mid-level exception deal or something like that. Like if he wanted like a guaranteed spot. Because of how he's played, no no one's going to pay him. But what if you force your way to the one team or one of two teams, say, Clippers and someone else, that would accept you in all of this? I don't know, man. That's kind of self-aware on what you got to do here, right? I guess. But then I, the argument has been made many, many times, many other places, that opting in hurt himself. He hurt himself he by opting he in. He could have opted out, and then the, the uh, Sixers would Would he be getting the 30-something million dollars this year? But the Sixers, he would have forced the Sixers' hand to keep him because if he opts out, I see what you're saying. You know okay. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, if he opts out, they got to sign him to a new deal because they don't want to potentially lose him for nothing, which is why they're not trading him now because the offers right. aren't good. The yeah, offers okay. aren't good. So Let he just went through that like live in the moment too. There you go. So now <laughs> he opts. So he screwed himself. He screwed himself. He opted in because he wanted a trade. And the only way to get traded was to opt in. So he is aware of the market. He's aware of the market in that no one's going to sign him for 30 plus million dollars. No one can. So he has to opt in to get traded. But to get his money from Philly, he needed to opt out, become a free agent. And then Philly could say, hey, we're going to call your bluff. But now you don't have a point guard. And he's yeah. the best point guard on the market. You could argue if you want to argue Fred Van Vliet, but he's he's gone to Houston. I mean, but the point is, he's the only guy they could get. He they've got his bird rights, so yeah. he would have said, "Hey, your only choice. I'm the only choice. It's two a.m. and I'm the only girl left at the bar. So here it is. This is your only option. He needs to sign this deal, or Harden Harden's going to say, I'll take the mid level deal." I'll take one year at the mid-level because I've made all the money in the world and Adidas is going to pay me a ton of money and I'm already super, super rich. So, okay, maybe I screwed myself out of $15 million, but I get to go, I get to leave. You have no other option. That's where he screwed himself. That's okay, that's fair. I see what you're saying. I don't know if that's still the most unself-aware player in the league. Maybe it's the dude who just doesn't care about his reputation at all, depending on what he might do here. But oh. That would have been a good real fake, actually. Would have been. <laughs> have been <laughs> Let's really play real or real fake. fake. Let's play real or fake and say who's who looks worse. James Harden looks worse than Daryl Morey in the Sixers, or vice versa. We'll talk about that all next.
first. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. It's football season, y'all. Football is back. People out there scoring touchdowns and kicking field goals, and I don't watch it, but it's fun for everybody else, and you can go bet it on FanDuel because they're giving you a chance to win all season long. Right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time that team wins in the regular season. So make it a good pick. Pick any team to win the Super Bowl. Every time they get a win during the regular season, you get bonus bets. And you can do that. You can use that bonus bet on everything. Spreads, player props, over-unders, more. Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Start earning your bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. If you're going to gamble, we just ask you to please gamble responsibly. Thank you so much for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. We're here five days a week, rotating hosts all week long. So make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get into our real or fake game. Jake, sticking with the James Harden theme. James Harden does not look good. Daryl Morey, by putting all of his chips in the in the James Harden basket, by backing off on a promise, you know, allegedly to keep him and, you know, pay uh, Harden. Does, well, the real or fake question is, James Harden looks worse than Daryl Morey. Real or fake? So, like, this is assuming that, like, James Harden does some of, like, the theatrics, too, that he does, right? You know, like, throwing banana peels out there on the court while they're, like, scrimmaging or something. Like, thinking, like, Mario Kart, to be perfectly honest with you. I, these just weird images from this, man. Like, I saw that report, and, like, I don't know. Like, I started doing, like, sketch comedy in my head over, like, what he could do. Just him popping, like, peanuts into his mouth and spitting the shells out onto yeah, the floor. Like, I, I can't see, like, is he like popping balloons when people are like taking practice shots or things? So like, like, I don't know. Like everything's on the table with them. I find this so f funny for some reason. So let's say he does some of that stuff and like, just looks like an idiot. Right. Which he kind of already does, I think. And I think that it's fake though. I think Maury's going to come out looking worse at the end of all of this. Right. Like, reputation does matter in the NBA and it's very obvious at this point, right? That Maury went back on a wink, wink, $15 million or more promise to James Harden. That's going to hurt you. Like that's going to yeah. hurt you in terms of signing, like agents see this and agents are going to be like, well, we can't trust this guy. You know, it, players are going to look like that. Players like James Harden, right? Like players love Kyrie. Even if we yeah, don't love yeah. Kyrie, they're going to take the side of James Harden. So are they going to do things? Are they going to do business with the Philadelphia 76ers? Do they want to play for the Philadelphia 76ers? This is also the type of thing that really might cost Maury his career. If he does get suspended by the NBA, say it's a year suspension, right? Like I don't know exactly what the precedent is, but that doesn't seem unrealistic for me. If the NBA is like, Oh yeah, they circumvented the cap. There will be stuff coming down the pipe for James Harden there too. But Maury's going to take the brunt of that sort of thing as the executive building the team, knowing the salary cap rules. It's also going to call into question some of Maury's career. How many times did he circumvent the salary cap with the Houston Rockets, right? Like there's this big kind of question sure. mark over him. And he's long been thought of one of the money ball kind of like, smart new age executives and this is going to yeah. like kind of kill his reputation a little bit I think so I think the end of this yeah Harden's going to act like you know 
an awful like dumb person here but maury's we kind of expect that from harden it feels like you know maury's gonna take the bigger reputational hit that i think makes him look worse in the end i think both these guys are a little overrated yes okay yes i agree with that daryl maury is he started out as this analytics darling Right, he first took over the the Rockets, the NBA kind hard. of guy, like coming he, into the like, league. Yeah, he had all of the. He was getting the most out of guys. He was finding these little. It was very very money ball kind of like you know getting guys that you. Oh, what's this guy doing? And it really was the the beginning of the analytics era. Uh, you know, he was part of ushering in the analytics era, mm-hmm. and he did a great job with that. Then he realized, or then maybe he always realized, but he started star chasing, and then. It just it, that just never worked. It's just never worked for Maury after that. So Maury gets a lot of credit for not getting teams very far in the play. Where how far has his have his teams gotten? He's if if Maury were on the show, he'd point to that awful three point shooting night from the Rockets against the Golden State Warriors, where if they make like one out of like the twenty seven straight misses or whatever it was, I forget what yeah. year that was, but everyone knows the game I'm talking about. You know, he'd point to the that and be like, "We were basically are, there." Yeah, but the results are the results. So no, I mean, in that look, impact, <laughs> you say the same thing about his team. He built the teams, and the teams he built have James Harden on them, and so that's they are inex- inextricably tied. To answer the real or fake, I think Harden looks worse because he pouted and, you know, made life uncomfortable in Houston, forced his way out, forced his way out of Brooklyn, now went to Philly, forced his way out. Now, Houston at that point was rebuilding. I get it, but I don't like the way he handled himself. Brooklyn, he... Brooklyn was supposed to be a situation where that team was good. And he just kind of like said, no, no, I'm not comfortable here. Okay, fine. I get it. Kyrie. Sure. Whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll roll, roll with that. COVID weird circumstances. Now you're in Philly. What the hell is there not to like about Philly? Now I, I'm number one Philly basher over here. Obviously the Boston guy, there's just a, a, a historical stick to the brand there. I get it. Not a C right. But let's be real here. You've got the MVP on the team, the number one pick and roll duo in the NBA. This is set up for you to succeed. You don't even have to, you don't even have the pressure on you. And you now still want out of that situation because the, the GM said, ah, you know what? I I actually, am not going to give you that deal. You know what, James Harden, I'm sorry that this was promised to you, but promises get broken all the time in business. Sorry. You lose. It's a cutthroat time. You can make promises all over the place. How many promises have has James Harden made to other teams to stay and play there and said, ah, no, you know what? I want out. So you can renege on a promise. You've done it already, James Harden, multiple times. So this is on you. You look worse, much, much worse. And there's nowhere for him to go. There's no way for, and, th- and this is the end of his career. You know what I'm saying? Like he's got... He's got a few years left, but high-level, elite James Harden is starting to go downhill, right? I mean, so- look, in game seven against Boston, he had nine points, right? He won them two games in that series and then was terrible in basically awesome the other game. six. He had one awesome game, and he had one good game where he hit a game winner because Jalen Brown made a stupid decision mm-hmm. to help off strong side to double in that post, and he left Harden alone in the corner. 
if 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 Jalen had played the right defense there, Harden wouldn't have even been in a position to make that shot. Yeah, that's so, right. it's just look if if you if you want people to keep their promises to you, you show up at the playoffs. Show like, up, it's kind right? Of simple as that. I, I will say this though on my side being like Maury's going to look worse, you know, and may, we're, let's read too much into social media, right? Cause we love to sure. do that in the NBA, right? All of a sudden Joel and B has nothing Philadelphia in Instagram <laughs> or Twitter. No, no, but like, no, Sam hey. Bede looks at this and is like, you know what? Like, this is a mess. Maybe this gets in Embiid's ear about Daryl Morey. He's like, well, I can't trust that dude either then. Or like, why should I when I love James Harden? And players stick together, right? Like, there's definitely a brotherhood to all of that. Look, if if not paying James Harden an extra $15 million or just simply offering him an extension costs Daryl Morey, Joel Embiid, does that change your opinion on who looks worse? Um. Well, obviously, if you lose if you if you lose James Harden, then that's I mean, I mean, if you lose Joel Embiid, then yeah, that not only have you changes the calculus a little bit yeah, there. It, it does change because now you've kind of chased both guys away. Yeah. Um, I, I literally wrote on Boston Sports Journal when I was kind of doing my little kind of notes column on this um, when going through all of this, uh, I've said just waiting on the Joel and B trade demand in three, two. And so I'm expecting a trade demand coming from Joel and B soon. Uh, they talked about it yesterday a little bit and like, it feels like, yeah, that's probably going to end up happening at some point here. All right, let's get into the in season tournament schedule was uh, released, uh, on Tuesday. We'll talk about that in just a second. Thank you so much for making Lockdown NBA your first listen every day. Check out Lockdown Sixers. Check out Lockdown Clippers. Obviously, Harden's been tied to the Clippers. Check them all out there uh, to get the latest on the Harden saga. Plenty, obviously, coming up still on the Lockdown NBA podcast all week long because this is going to be something that just persists. But we did have another thing here that's not embarrassing to the league. Not yet, anyway. Don't know if the <laughs> in-season tournament is going to be embarrassing to the league. I don't know. I don't know what to think of this. I don't watch international soccer, <laughs> but, but I don't know. We'll see how this this gets in. You think there's a, a potential? Okay, hold, hold on here. I I dig this. Like I dig. I dig the in-season tournament. Like I'm actually someone who likes this. It's not even like the the international soccer or anything like that. Like it's not even close to that. Like that's a terrible analogy that the NBA wants to keep putting forth. This is just a way to make. Four regular season games a little more interesting sure, sure. for these teams, right? Like, it is kind of funny that the league was, like, hyping up this release today when it's like, well, they were all going to play these four games anyway. Like, these were already going to be on the schedule and all of that. They just have, like, a little something else to them to maybe spice it up. It could totally fail. But at least they're trying something because, look, the regular season doesn't matter. We've, we've heard that a lot. If you can do something to make a couple mm -hmm. of the games a mm -hmm. little more interesting, like, yeah, please do do more of that. And I think that would be a good a good thing for the league. So I like this idea. I think the the playing tournament has really worked to keep yeah. things more competitive and they're fun. I, I love that part of things. So you know what? Try this. Give teams a reason to try more. Maybe it'll be embarrassing. It's going to be embarrassing if you ever like host the trophy, right? I mean, now, look at us. We won the inaugural in-season tournament. It's like, y'all. If if teams are raising banners and stuff. Yeah, like that's, that's embarrassing. 
embarrassing. Yeah, like but, you can't you can't finish like last in the league. You get the number one overall pick, but we won the in season tournament. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. No, come on. No, that, that's good. But no, I mean, obviously, I used embarrassing <laughs> as a segue from something embarrassing. But I'm gonna run with your words, man. Like, you said what you said. You can't take it back. This is a record recording. It's on a podcast. I'm not editing that out. No, hey, right. Uh, there are th- three groups in each conference east abc they play um they're gonna play seven seven of the regular season games in november basically tuesdays and fridays are gonna be these tournament days so these regular season like in the east celtics it's celtics nets uh raptors bulls and magic uh that's that's one of the eastern groups so the celtics play the Raptors on one of these, one of these days, that is a, that is a group stage game. And that counts as points towards the standings. And if you win, you win and you get these points and then you get to get into the quarterfinals and quarterfinals played December 4th and 5th, uh, higher seeded team hosts the game. And then their champion semifinals in a championship game, December 7th and 9th in Las Vegas. This can all be fun. This can all be great. I'm not, I really am not disparaging this concept. It's something new. You try it. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, that's what you do. Um, I am curious to see how teams, I think, I, I, I want to see how they adjust to kind of not knowing what the schedule is going to be because you're going to have multiple games on your schedule where it's just play, you know, uh, tournament game, whatever you know, versus whomever, like you don't know if you're home or on the road, you don't know where you're going. So it does take away some of the, the planning, right. Of, of knowing what your schedule is going to be, knowing where you're going. And, you know, I think creatures of habit want to know what's my schedule in December or at the end of November, what's the schedule going to be? Where, where are we playing on this Tuesday? We are, I have no idea that I think that's going to be the biggest adjustment that teams are going to have to make. And fans. Yeah, that's fine. Like that, I don't know. They'll deal with it. Like, I'm just <laughs> excited. I don't know. Just do something, right? It's going to make these games that, like, normally you would just, like, not care about. Like, oh, you still might not care about them. There's going to be plenty of people that still don't care about them, right? But I don't know. It's like, you say for the Pels, they're in the group with, like, Dallas, right? Okay, probably for that game, you're going to get Zion versus Luka, and they're not going to do load management for any of their, like, main guys in these games. And I think that's kind of exciting to be able to ensure that some of these games are going to have, like, as many players playing as possible in this sort of load management era that we're in. So like, cool, do it all. It'll be good. Also test out Vegas and see how that goes, which is truly what this maybe is about. That's probably the bigger thing. Uh, Do you think the financial incentive is going to be enough to get players to kind of step players, up yeah, these everyone so, likes money everyone right. likes money they have a chance to get more money like absolutely like players a million bucks like team, sure yeah players on the winning team get 500,000 Runners up get two hundred. The losing players in the semifinals get a hundred thousand, and the lo- losing players in the quarterfinals get uh, fifty thousand. So, if you're one of the top four teams, you get at least an extra fifty k. Which, I mean, money's money, and you know what? It might not mean much for Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, but uh, you know, it will mean say no to it. Richard, you know, you can yeah. pay Richard an extra five hundred thousand dollars. He's making two, you know, two million. That's that's a significant little bump. 
You know, you make a great point, right? Uh, Brandon Ingram just gave an interview where he said, like, one of his favorite things with the Pelicans is watching Jose Alvarado and Herb Jones get paid, right? Like, they, some of those players love that for their teammates and other things. You're, you're, and you're not asking them to really play, like, extra games, right? This is not adding an 83rd or an 84th game to the schedule for the most part. This is a little one bit. One team gets an 83rd one, game. Yeah, well, okay, one team does. But this isn't, like, a league-wide thing right like we're asking yeah. you to try harder and things you in games you already were going to have to yeah. play like yeah. i don't think this should be is going to be that like hard of a sell some teams will take it more seriously than others and that's that you know depending on certain injuries that you have like you might not play guys because you just don't care and you have sight set on something bigger than this but if you can win this why why wouldn't you unless i don't know you're the boston celtics with crip stamps porzingis and a foot issue like what do you think of that, by the way? Like, that's yeah. going to come up, and that's a thing, because that's a scary injury for a big man. So, okay, just, just to quickly touch on that. Porzingis, uh, plantar fasciitis, uh, will not play in the FIBA tournament. It's a big deal. Sorry, Latvia. Um, you weren't going anywhere anyway. Uh, for Porzingis, like, a big big guy with a foot injury is always scary. Uh, the fact that it's plantar fasciitis is actually less scary because it's not a bone thing. It's not a stress fracture. Um, it's not a torn anything. It's just an inflammation that I think they can, they can handle there. There are tried and true ways to handle plantar fasciitis and resting it and putting them in a walking boot and icing it and anti-inflammatories and all that stuff. Part of the process that between now and the beginning of camp, he can, he can, there's a good chance he's going to be fine. Uh, it is a recurring thing, you know, potentially. So, um, I don't like that. And I don't like anything, like I said, big guy with a foot. Um, but I, I think right now this is the right decision. So yeah, the Celtics, if they do get to the finals of this, I don't think they're going to be going all out to, you yeah. know, like, oh, here's Jason Tatum playing 42 minutes to get the, get the inaugural win. But you know, it could be, it, it could be a place where, some of the role players knowing that they're playing for extra money, give them a little extra shot. Cause that's going to give them that that's going to really add some energy to the game. But uh, as far as Porzingis goes, I was asked you, on a scale of one to 10, how worried am I? I'm going to put it at a four because, and it's only at a four. It's only that high because he's seven foot three and it's a foot injury. So but I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, that's always kind of scary, I think, when you see a, a tall dude with a, kind of any sort of foot injury. But I think you yeah. explain why. Well, this one overall, like of all of them to maybe get is one of the better ones. Um, do you think that 83rd game is going to be an issue? No, it shouldn't. Like, it shouldn't be. Like, it. I mean, maybe there's some chance for it. But, like, if these dudes can't play, like, an extra game, especially when, like, look, how many players are actually playing all 82 Right. Like very few in the league. Like this shouldn't be a big deal. I don't think. I think if this was like we're adding this to the entire schedule for everybody, they they might have a lot of pushback on that because certainly I don't think any players in any league like want to be playing more games. Right. Like that was a big deal in the NFL just to get it to 17 regular season games instead of 16. And they push back on that for a really, really long time. They're all worried about their bodies, more wear and tear in theory. But yeah, I think like one game for two teams like that's okay yeah i mean that's that's gonna be or it should uh, be okay should be i'd like to think that those two teams uh who are in that championship game you get one freebie when it comes to uh load management you get you get the, the league will look the other way 
yeah, that's on, fair, right? Like you that know, works. Sitting your starting five and playing like your your bottom five and all your two way guys in in maybe one a, game later in the season. Maybe that's a bonus for winning it, right? Like you can rest all of your guys in one of those final games of the regular season or whatever when yeah. you need them ready for the playoffs, right? Like that actually might get teams to go get, for it. Get out of jail free card. Yeah, yeah, I like it. All right, all right. Well, I think we've accomplished our goal. And uh, we weren't embarrassing at all. This was not embarrassing for, for us at all. This is a uh, high level podcasting, you know, at least by one of us. I don't know which one you mean here. <laughs> I don't Ooh, that'll be the real or fake. Real or fake. John was talking about Jake when he said it was embarrassing <laughs> for one of us here. That's what they're going to do tomorrow. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for watching. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get your podcasts. It's uh, on uh, everywhere you get your audio on YouTube. Hop in the comment section. Who am I talking about? Uh, I'm John Corrales here with you, with you on Wednesdays on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. I'm Jake Madison. Maybe he's talking about me, the host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast at Nola Jake on Twitter. <laughs> Stay on vacation my, next week. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite reaction to get out of you is that just disgusted head shake. Just like, oh, John, what are you doing? And I'm the Back older to one. The Bahamas. I'm supposed to be the mature one. <laughs> yeah, because you're much older than I am. The much, much, <laughs> much older than you. Just need to throw that out there. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. <laughs> tomorrow, who's tomorrow? It's it's Nick Angstead. And Pat the designer. They've got the show tomorrow. Next Wednesday. <laughs> we don't know if we'll be back next Wednesday, but hopefully you uh, are with us and hopefully you subscribe. And hopefully, if you're a regular everyday listener, you're with us and you want to share the podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell everybody. They should be listening to and watching the Locked On NBA podcast. We're here in the Locked On Podcast Network, your team.